dead ale, you right arm swingers, left arm tweakers, and those blokes that call yourself all rounders. This is the Everything Down Leg Cricket Series. Talking about all rounders, let's introduce my co host tonight. Luke Phillips is back. Luke, how are you, mate? I am doing lovely, Joey. Disappointed with a loss on the weekend, but that's cricket. That is cricket, mate. And introducing my other co-host, the one and only Reese Waylor. Reese, how are you, buddy? Very well, thanks, Joe. Pleasure to be here, mate. It's a pleasure having you on. Of course, I'm Joey, as you would know. Let's jump into a quick merch update. Don't forget, you can go to rugbyleaguemerch.com. Type in the Rucking Fringe podcast. You can find all your usuals: hoodies, shirts, mugs, stubby holders. And now, ready for summer, a bit of day drinking. We're doing pint glasses, steins, coasters, and bottle openers. 10% of all proceeds go to the Family and Fleet Foundation. That's rugbyleaguemerch.com. Check it out. Some great stuff going on there. All right, boys, let's jump into a Cricket World Cup update. The World Cup is over at time of recording, but we did have a great final series. Uh, let's go through it. Before we touch on the Aussie game, let's go to the game before that. Obviously, uh, it was New Zealand and India when we last spoke. Uh, India getting the win in that one. We didn't have, when we did our recording last week, we didn't have the final result. But India getting the win convincingly. I mean, New Zealand were in the fight, but I wouldn't say for long. I think it was always going to be India's to win. And then we had Australia versus South Africa which, again, was a great game. Australia getting the win. Heading into the final, we're going to go straight into this game, boys. Australia versus India. Many people, I think, were on the Indian train. As we spoke about last week, the pitchers getting uh, doctrinated for Indian conditions, but didn't pay off for them, boys. Uh, I thought the Aussies were really good, really good in this match. And uh, let's go through it a little bit. Now, India all out for 240, Australia four for 241. Biggest talking point, Travi Head, boys, 137. Incredible score. He, uh, he he was great. I mean, apart from him, the rest of the order really collapsed until Manus. Manus got 58, not out. Uh, but let's look at the Indian score. Virat Kohli, 54. Uh, Rahul, 66. And that was about all she wrote. Rohit Sharma got off to a brilliant start. 47 of 31 balls, so he was absolutely flying. Reese, what are some of your takeaways from the final, mate? Well, I observed the attitude of the Indian players. They seemed confident they were seen up to the fight, and I don't know uh, what you boys reckon, but the second that Virat Kohli got out, the look on his face was like, we're going to lose. Mm. <laughs> we're We're done for. Um, spectacular effort in the field from the Australians. Obviously, we know Travis Head for his knock, but his catch that he took out, and what a catch. And there's a lot of people saying that he caught the World Cup in that moment. I think from start to finish, it was planned out well, and uh, Cummins knew what he was doing. Yeah. He knew yeah. what he was doing. We're, we've um, obviously talked about Pat Cummins is a captain and a lot of people have been critical. I've got some stuff to mention later, but uh, I think he did a really good job and just the team played to the conditions that he was expecting. Yeah, for sure. Boys, Travi had two weeks in a row against South Africa, made 62 and then a big 130 in this game. So it was absolutely on fire. Uh, something I wanted to touch on, the late, great Shane Warne back in 2016. I don't know if you guys saw this during the week. It was a tweet from Shane Warne in 2016. And he said, I'm a big fan of Travis Head as a cricketer. 
I believe he will be a future star for Australia in all forms of the game. And that was on December 6, 2016. So the King, he called it all those years ago, seven years ago. Warney wrote that. and But Travis Head, boys, was just absolutely incredible in this game. The Aussies have won the World Cup. Uh, I think it was you, Brees, who told me last week that in the past 20 World Cups, only Australia or the host years. nation. Yeah, the last 20 years, only Australia or the host nation have won. And so it was funny seeing Australia versus the host nation. Uh, and Australia, again, getting it done. Luke, what were some of your takeaways from the World Cup? Oh, just Travis Head. No, like, I mean, there's not, much, there's not much else to talk about it, really. We had a yeah. very good bowling attack. I have to disagree with all the people who said that uh, Travis Head took, caught the World Cup when he caught um, Rohit Sharma in the deep because, you know, uh, at that stage, they were still batting. And if you go back, if you go back in the World Cup, we were rolled for 177 against South, South Africa. Um, India rolled us for 199. So like 240, an excellent total to chase. That game was absolutely not over at that stage. They still had a lot of manpower coming in. Uh, but yeah, as I said, our, our bowling just, we stayed strong. We stuck to our guns. I thought it was an excellent decision by Paddy to bowl first. Yeah. Um, if you go through our figures as well, like Mitch Stark, three for 55 off 10. Uh, Hazelwood, two for 60 off 10. Cummins, two for 34 off 10. And I believe it was you, Joe, a couple of weeks ago who said uh, that Cummins hadn't taken a wicket in the first 10 and he actually yeah. took a wicket in the 11th over. Yeah, <laughs> yep. he hadn't I, taken one in the power play at all. I had to up. laugh because as soon as I saw that wicket, I just went, oh, yeah, six balls earlier, and I could have said this to Joey, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was just six balls too slow. So I thought all the bowlers did really well. Zampa only getting the one wicket, but had an economy of four point four. So like that's not terrible. Same with that. Uh, Glenn Maxwell had a one for thirty five off six, so his economy was five point eight three. I just think we had a plan and we stuck to it, and, mm. and then we followed it up with the batting. In some perspective, <laughs> not, not not David Warner or um, Mitchell Marshall or Steve Smith, but <laughs> Travis Head and Lana's Labuschagne putting on an excellent uh, innings to seal the World Cup. They they deserve all the praise that they get at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, quiet one from Adam Zampa from his standards this World Cup, only taking the one wicket for 44 runs. So uh, very quiet for him. But yeah, a great bowling performance all around. Multi didn't get up, but we did have Mitch Stark for three wickets. So we did get that part. And uh, we got Coley for 40 runs. So that was good. But didn't get a winner there. Anyway, let's move into the BBL, boys. Uh, BBLW is still going. BBL is only two weeks away, two Thursdays time on the 7th of December, the BBL will be upon us. But let's have a quick look at the BBL women's update. Uh, game on currently, as we speak, Perth Scorchers women against the Melbourne Stars women. The Melbourne Stars are one for 43 of five overs. Sophia Dunkley on 27 at the moment of 16 balls. But if we go back through a bit of these BBL games, boys, let's have a quick look. Uh, earlier, we had the Brisbane Heat women took on the Sydney Sixers. The Brisbane Heat making seven for 176. Sydney Sixers making four for 177, winning that game. Then on yesterday, 21st of November, we had Sydney Thunder making seven for 118. Adelaide Strikers winning that game seven for 121. Uh, boys, it's been some great batting. If we look back to last week, 
Melbourne Stars, massive game here. Five for 156. Brisbane Heat, seven for 141. So good to see them getting some big run chases. And in that game for the Stars, pretty well-rounded. It's a fair dunk with 37. Uh, Maya Boucher, 41. Alice Capsley, 24. Annabelle Sutherland, 37. So everyone's sharing in the runs in that game. But really good to see uh, the latter. Strikers first, Perth second. Are. Yep. Thunder, Thunder third, Heat fourth, Sixers fifth, Hurricane sixth, Stars seventh, and Renegades eighth. Yes, beautiful. So that is finishing very soon. There's not many uh, games left for the women's BBL. But, boys, the BBL is very, very close to coming, and I cannot wait. It is going to be great. It's always good to watch a bit of, bit of 2020. Hopefully we get some of the international stars over and playing in many games. But speaking of the BBL, Let's talk about Supercoach Big Bash, boys. Now, there's still time to join. We do have a code. If you want to join our league, there is a few spots to go. We have six spots left, and then it will be full. So still six spots to go. If you want to join, you can use the code 432943. And there is merch up for grabs as well for first and second place. So you want to get on that. That's Supercoach. How are your teams looking, boys? Have you gone through a bit of your teams? What who who are some of your who are some of your smokies if you want to give it away? Oh, give nothing let, away to you. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me load. I, I don't need it. I don't need the help, so it's fine. You will this year, mate. You will this year. <laughs> I hope so. I hope it's competitive. <laughs> Not really a smoky. He's been he's pretty half decent last few years, but I was very shocked to see that Jake Weatherall was only sixty two mm. grand. Yeah. 62K, like, he, he had a stellar of a season. Was oh, The last season or the season before he was... Is he, uh, is he at the Renegades this year? No, nah, still at the Strikers. On, still at Strikers, the, yeah. yeah. On the uh, on the uh, Supercoach app. But, yeah, I was just very shocked that he was so cheap. Yeah. So, if you if you want a big hitter like him and you've got some 60 grand to spend, you know, chuck him in there. Yeah, 100%. Um, and there's another one. He was he's been big in the BBL, but Mitch Swepson only seventy one. Yes, yes, seventy one point three thousand. So you know, chuck chuck him in there if you want a, a cheapish uh, spin bowler. Well, I've got Swepson in there. Uh, has done the job the past few years. So definitely a great shout there. Uh, one of mine, boys, Quinton DeCock brought him in. He's at the Renegades this year, hoping he'll get a couple of games there. If he does, I think he can make some big scores. Uh, we we know how he bats. Cock. We saw it in the World Cup. But I do have Philippi as my backup keeper, and it, we know what a great batsman Philippi is as well for the Sixers. Uh, boys, the one I really want to talk about, though, who, again, is cheap and has done the job over the past few years, Darcy Short, 67.5K. We know Short can bat. We know he can perform. Does get the ball a fair bit as well in T20 to bowl, so can take a couple of wickets there. But Reese, have you had a chance to have a look at any players yet, mate? Yeah, I've gone through. I've well, it's first time really having a crack at it, so I'm just gonna just gonna see how it goes. You know, I'm trying to just be as rounded as I can based on my yeah. knowledge. So we'll um we'll see. It's a, it's it, it's it's gonna be fun. Can't wait. And we, and we can confirm that Reese has now joined the comp. So if you want to take <laughs> on Reese, if you want to take on Luke, if you want to take on myself, that code again is 432943. Jump in, Super Coach Big Bash. All right, boys, let's jump into our Join the Club segment. Now, thought it was appropriate to do a World Cup 
join the club this week, boys. So I've gone for centuries in the final of the Men's World Cup. It's Travis Head inspired, but let me just get those up for you. So over the years, Men's World Cup, we know it has been great to watch. There's been some amazing batsmen, but let's go through some of the players who have scored centuries in the final. The first one I've got on here is Clive Lloyd from the West Indies, 102 versus Australia in 1975. The next is another West Indian, Viv Richards, 138 not out against England in 1979. Then we move into Sri Lanka. Avarinda De Silva made 107 not out against Australia in 1996. Punter, Ricky Ponting, 140 not out against India in 2003. Our man, Adam Gilchrist, 149 versus Sri Lanka in 2007. Uh, Joe Wardenar for Sri Lanka, 103 not out against India in 2011. And joining them, Travis Head, 137 versus India in 2023. So Travis Head joins elite company there, boys. Some really big names there. Uh, it's really great to see. But I thought that was that was pretty fitting for our join the club this week, of course, with the World Cup just finishing. Let's jump into our Nepean news. Now, we all played on the weekend, boys. Fifth grade, of course, for Glenmore Park Redbacks at... First thing that happened, field got moved, so we ended up at our home ground in Glenmore Park against Panthers. Uh, look, we got the loss. We were in a good position at drinks. I think we just failed to capitalise on our fielding a little bit, catching, let us down. But all in all, a good game. Uh, it was good to just see the boys and hang out. Reese, you got your first run for the club. Congratulations and not out, mate. Yeah, that was uh, that was the hardest run I've ever had to get. It's just, <laughs> oh, I, I just wasn't well. I was not feeling well. I, every time, I just, I don't understand why we have to run every time we hit the ball. Just put it over the fence for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, mate, from where from where Luke and I were standing, yes, you certainly, it, it looked hard to get there, but you are. You, well, look, honestly. You, you got there uh, in the end. People, people like to, you know, People like to put the big scores into frame, but when you're not much of a batter and you know you don't get a lot of opportunities to to put on a decent score or even have a crack, you know, a not out's pretty good. Mate, <laughs> you know, a not out is great. I'm a, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm barely a lower order batsman, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bat, batsman is the key word there. Uh, our skipper, Luke Phillips, of course, making a nice 30 as well. Before getting out, uh, mate, you're in a good scoring form again this year. 36, and I think, Joey. 36. No, no Robbie. Don't take some runs off the skip, hey? Oh, Sorry, mate. Let me get the let book me, out. Let me double check. <laughs> you know, either 30 matter. or 36. You and Dylan, I think. Doesn't matter. We lost anyway. <laughs> uh, 36 is. There we go. Bastard. 36. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Off 35 balls, too. How good. A run a ball, uh, mate. You're heading up for that batting award, of course. Dylan making a nice 30 as well. And uh, Joey Outchin, of course, making four with a nice four <laughs> straight boundary uh, and then not playing a shot and getting out LBW. So classic, classic <laughs> Joey fashion there. Yeah, the, the, the four was a great shot. And then I don't know what the fuck I did. Um, but you, I were didn't still, do you, were, you were doing a gagging and still thinking about I, it. At, at last <laughs> ball before drinks too, I was kicking myself. But... You know what? Happy to get runs on the board. I've upped the average, boys. The average has moved up to four, so happy with that. It's <laughs> it's it's good for me, trust me. And uh, you know, the batting is 
the batting is coming through. I've finally hit a boundary for the club, so pretty stoked with that. But yes, we do take on uh, Minchinberry Saturday, twenty fifth of November. So if you are around around the area at all and you want to come down, we will be again at Chen Towns in Glenmore Park. All right, let's move on to Reese's rundown. All right, lads, I've got a few ones uh, for this week. So it's it's going to be slightly World Cup heavy just because of the flavor of the week. But former Indian cricketer Muhammad Kaif has refused to accept that the best team won the competition, saying that it was a bad day for India. Uh, he has said, congratulations to Australia, but I'm not ready to accept that the best team won the World Cup. This Indian team has been the best side. They would win so many times playing against the same Australian team, even though they lost today. It was one of those bad days. This happens sometimes. Now, look, I am inclined to agree to some extent. Okay. After some of the performances that Australia had dished up throughout the tournament, some matches include... Australia v Pakistan with Warner and Marsh doing most of the damage of obviously the now famous Glenn Maxwell knock. But I just think that as it is with all sport, ultimately you're vying for the top prize. You know, so I feel like it stands to reason that the best team in the comp takes home said prize. Thoughts, please. My response would be who has the trophy? And that's all I'll say. I'll just ask mm. him that. Mm. Who's got the trophy, mate? Hmm. I didn't. I didn't. Didn't see an award for second place, did I? No. <laughs> you're spending. Take, you're spending your Twitter account and fuck off. <laughs> you're spending all of this time. You know they they won. They were undefeated. You know, but it means nothing if you're not going to capitalize on the big day. That's that's yeah. exactly right. You know what that is? Let's give them a participation award, boys. <laughs> Come on. As England would say, that. it's a it's a moral victory, yeah, boys. It's a moral victory. Actually, uh, just just a quick one. I was reading this uh, satire article where it was saying the ICC was going to invoke a a three match series to decide the winner because there was a complaint from the <laughs> from the cricket uh, board of control of cricket India BCCI. <laughs> and it was something something silly like. Uh, they were trying to make Stephen Smith hand over the trophy. It was like pride for my cold, dead hands. And that Warner was going to be in doubt because he had a uh, a damaged champagne cork popping thumb. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, uh, how, yeah. how far, how much, how much more could you go with, with something funny like that? Anyway, Joey, what do you reckon? So I think that was the, case of Australia's World Cup in the sense of, I don't think we batted that well. I think certain individuals batted well within our team. I think when you look at that Pakistan game that you spoke on, Marshall Warner did the damage. Then that game with Maxwell, Maxwell did the damage. Then there was uh, the game against, I think it was Sri Lanka where, uh, uh, sorry, Bangladesh, where Marsh again did the damage. So I don't, I don't think as a whole we batted that great, but I think the individuals did enough to get it done. And at the end of the day, that's all you have to do. You don't have to be look, – look at India. India were the top all the way through the World Cup. And they saved their worst performance for the final. They were the top all the way through that World Cup. Australia scraped through. We won, what, nine in a row, I think it was. But at the beginning of this World Cup tournament, even us boys, we, we thought we were going to fall out. We really thought we were going to fall out of the World Cup. Hmm. We scraped through. We batted – some of our batsmen really stood up and batted great, and some of our bowling was great. I wouldn't say it was a team effort. I wouldn't say it was all cohesion. I thought we lacked in a few areas, but 
we did enough to get it done. So, you know, in my defense, I mean, yes, okay, maybe they would beat Australia any other day, but they didn't. And it was the World Cup final and they should have turned up and India didn't. The other thing too is it's pretty hard to get an accurate gauge on cricket sometimes because they could have also come out and just flogged them by 10 wickets, you know, and then no one's performed. Really, that you know that happens. I remember a time, uh, yeah, there was an India Australia match in India where I think India played really well, put on a decent total, and then Warner and Finch just got it themselves. So you can't really, you know, uh, you, you can't really tell sometimes. Yeah, all I can say is, had India won, Ma- whatever his name is, Muhammad, whatever, his tweet would have been the best team won on the day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he can when India wins, they're the best team. But when they lose, and someone beat them, they they're still the best team. Um, did the same thing in the in in my books. Best always means first. And we yeah. just want to give a shout out to uh, Gagan. Uh, you know, mate. Who we haven't on... heard for in days. <laughs> congrats on the loss. Oh, there's been plenty of chat in the WhatsApp group. The guy can't handle it. So, uh, congrats on the loss, mate. Uh, you know, we'll see you on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> nah. He might he might text me and say I'm not playing this week. Yeah, yeah. I'm sad. Uh, I'm just I'm just gonna cuddle, cuddle Brad all week. <laughs> uh, shout out to Brad. <laughs> They're definitely not lovers, but no. no. <laughs> sure. oh, honestly, what a good. Um, moving match. on. So another interesting one after, and this this is an observation of mine. So. After Cummins elected to bowl, over, I want to say, 85% of all social media outlets were against it, labeling it clueless, stupid, and guaranteeing India the win. After Australia won, people were labeling Travis Head the true hero of the team. People are still trying to discredit Cummins' position in the team as captain. We've, we've got the World Test Championship. We've retained the Ashes. We've won a World Cup. What is it going to take to convince people? I mean, when he elected the bowl, look, I myself was a bit dumbfounded by the decision. I thought it was a good batting track, but he picked the field and they did what they do best. They bowled the right areas, they kept it tight, and they strangled India out of the game. So it was an incredible call and one that paid off in the end. That's yeah, that that's exactly right. And did it, am I correct in hearing that apparently he took a photo of the pitch or something before they went out? Mm, or I something? heard something like that. Something like maybe at the, before, not before the toss or something, he was out there and he took a photo and then someone was like, what are you doing? He just said, I just don't want it changed before the match or something. <laughs> it, was, it was something cheeky. It was something really cheeky. Um, don't know if it's 100% accurate or not, but that's just what I've heard through the grapevine. I mean, fair. <laughs> Yeah, fair after yeah. everything we've heard. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so, but yeah, I, Reese, I, I don't think we can deny Cummins' captaincy anymore. I think after winning the WTC, retaining the Ashes, and now winning the World Cup, I mean, what, what more, what more do people need to see? It's just unrealistic, you know, to expect more. Yeah, you know, especially from people who don't have the power to change anything, mm. you know. These guys are there for our entertainment, for us to enjoy. So I don't know why we have to be so critical. It, it baffles me it, across all forms of sport. But anyway, there's something else I wanted to touch on, and it's uh, it's a little bit troubling once I 
when I heard the news, but Indian fans have been caught sending hateful messages to Australian players, wives, and girlfriends. The most notable were the wives of Glenn Maxwell and Travis Head. Maxwell's wife, Vinnie Maxwell, who is of Indian descent, which is wow. makes it all the more you know, confusing why this would happen, has revealed that she had been sent vile messages after the final, and Head's wife, Jess, who was also subjected to abusive comments directed at her and her young child. There are also reports of Steve Smith receiving threats of violence over the course of the tournament. Just disgusting. You know, just, I don't really know if there's much else to add, but it has to stop. I said it in the NRL season, and I'll say it for this. Sport, Nate, international sports and all sports stars, whoever they're contracted to, country or team, should have a personal social media manager who has access to all their accounts and they should just spend their days, you know, roaming the accounts, personal messages, see some hatred, report it, delete it. And that way the person, i.e. Travis Head, Steve Smith, um, Maxwell's wife, they should just never see the message at all. Like, seriously, like even if you paid them, what like what's an IT specialist in Australia get in like seriously, what do they make a year? Do it for the big sport, like big sports, double the wages. I'm sure someone will gladly go, I'll do it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> just to roam a couple of like a, a team's worth of social media accounts and just delete all the hate messages, report the really bad ones. That way the players don't have to see it, don't have to worry. You see it in any way in just any normal business. You know, you've got that that's what secretaries do, you know. The emails coming through, they're like, Yeah, the bosses need to see that. Click, gone. Click, gone. You know, Tracy, and- I didn't know about this and it's really fired me up. I think they need to just grow up. It's cricket. And it, you're you're a fan. Sport. Like yeah, like you're a fan of the game. I mean, you know, I, I just I don't get it. I don't get it. And and what does abusing their wives have to do with the players? The wives weren't on the field. The wives didn't play the game. And when you bring children into it, that's just the worst thing you can do. As a dad, if anyone threatens my child, you are gone. You are gone from my life. Everything like it just it, it is just wrong on so many levels. You know, if we're trying to grow the game as well, and we want women to play the game, we want kids to play the game. This is a terrible look. These Indian fans need to grow up. They need to actually look in their own backyard first. Why don't you abuse some of your Indian players that didn't play that well? You know, and there's no place for any abuse in sport, but do that first. Before you go for the Australians, go for your own. Yeah, don't blame the winners, blame the losers. Right. Exactly. That's that's a dog pathetic act. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Look, it's, and it's, it's got no place in this world. It's no. it's one of those things that has stuck with us for far too long. And I don't know how, yeah, so, something's got to be done about it. You know, even something small can lead to something better. Like, we're in 2023. We're, we're in 2023. How have people not learned? We're, we're so far now from where we were 10, mm. 20 years ago, but the same stuff is happening. You know, we've still got racism. We've still got discrimination in sport. There's so much of it going on. When is it going to stop? The reality is it's probably not. The reality is, as long as people are passionate about sport and and their team, it's always going to be there. Unfortunately, mm. they just can't separate that from the real world, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right, boys. It just leaves you speechless, to be honest. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. just think, 
especially like you said, bringing someone's wife in it. Like they were not even playing the game. Exactly. Like seriously. And you know what? They're just keyboard warriors. That's right. If they were actually faced with actually living up to the words, they would not do it at all. Mm, exactly. They'd run home and they'd curl up in their bed and they'd just send another hate email. Yeah, they've got all the power that way. But look, we um we'll move on because yeah, it it is a bit of a touchy subject, but we need to talk about it because you know we need people to be aware of it that it's going on, it's happening, cool. it needs to be stamped out. So whether you know, just honestly, always just call it out, just call it out. You know, they want to be a warrior, you be a warrior back. Just just give them exactly what they're giving you. But anyway, we'll move on to the last point I had here. It's a bit of an interesting one. We're going to go away from the World Cup for a minute. Uh, Peter Hanscom was involved in a sensational moment in a Sheffield Shield match last week between Victoria and Queensland. Hanscom was facing up to Bulls quick, Jack Wildermuth, and at the very last second, immediately after Wildermuth had released the ball, Hanscom backed away yep. and the ball crashed into the stumps. Upon replay, we saw that a bird had flown into Hanscom's line of sight which had allegedly distracted him. The Bulls players, however, were understanding of this and the umpire ruled the ball dead. I just wanted to get your thoughts because often at times I feel like as a bowler, it is incredibly frustrating when a batter does this, especially at the very last second. He uh, he let, he literally left it right to the last second. I watched this and my question to you is, would this have happened in an international game? If this was an Australian game, and he's pulled out that late, would it be deemed out or would they call dead ball? For a bird, maybe. But then my question is, what if it was a bee? <laughs> oh, like, I'm, like, I'm genuinely serious. Like, Yeah, I mean, he could call it. He could, Sorry, boys. So, like, seriously. You know, like, I saw it. Yeah, a bee floating in your face. You don't want that thing landing on your nose and stinging you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Bird, you can prove. A bee, you can't. Yeah. But if you, like, genuinely, and then you've got players, like, I know for per, from personal experience, I swell up quite a lot if a bee stings me sort of thing. Mm. When, I wouldn't say like, you know, it's an allergy, but so if a bee was sitting floating in my face, I'd duck pretty quickly. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting, Reese, because I like personally, he, he's he's past the point of it being called a dead ball, in my opinion. Like, we've seen it happen a lot where as the bowler will bowl, the batsman will pull out. But this literally, the ball had already hit the pitch. The ball mm. had already hit the pitch and was rocketing into the stumps when he pulled out. I mean, to me, I, that's just – sorry, mate. Like, the ball's already coming at the stumps and you put, decided to pull out. Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's a tough one. I think well, Sheffield's shield – I think yeah. the shield is why he got away with it because he's playing Sheffield shield. I think if that's an international game, I reckon they give it. Yeah, well, it's it's past the point of anything else happening. The ball's out of the hand. The, nothing yeah. else can be done except the batsman to play it. I'll ask and you this, Trace. Do you know where the bird was? The like, bird you know- flew across from this side. The people yeah. can't people can't see because this is audio. This is audio. The replay of the bird flying past Wildermus face. So, so he went between batsman and bowler. Yes. Well, then I'll I'd have to say that you know I, I do feel sorry for him and I I'd do the same thing. However, if the case was that it flew in his line of sight behind the bowler. I think mm. as a cricketer and as a sport, you've got to be able to block those things out of your vision and play the mm. shot. Yes, it's distracting and yes, it's annoying. But seriously, like take park cricket, for example. Can I step back every time a, a car drives by? 
Yeah. No, you've just got to block that shit out. Yeah. Can go. So if the bird was behind Wildermuth and it just flew, mm. yeah, I'd be sticking my finger up straight away, start walking sunshine. Given that it flew between Wildermuth, especially considering he was at the point of release. So that bird had to be close to one of them. Then it could I'm, have, it could have hit I'm, the bird too. <laughs> that would have been a different that, story. But that's exactly right. What's the pitch? 16 odd meters. Like, you know, that mm. bird could have been two in front of him, two in front of Wildermuth. I will give Hanscom the benefit of the doubt and I'll, I'll actually side with him. So I think, cause that is, that is quite close. Mm. And then he could have like, had he decided to play the shot and stick with it, that bird going through, well, he could have looked at the bird and seen that as the ball and the ball's come this way and bowled him out. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I completely get it. You know, personally, like when I'm batting, I always have so many distractions. So yeah, I, I completely understand. I mean, the bird, the bird's flying, flying in his line of sight. He's going to, you know, back off and try and pull the bird that way and the ball's down here. But yeah, look, yeah. ultimately, ultimately it didn't matter. Wilmoth got him out anyway. So I just thought it was an interesting <laughs> point. But uh yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that'll um that'll do before, me for this week, boys. Before we finish up, Reese, sorry. No, before we finish up, I do have <laughs> this won't be it. I do have something to add. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago with JL. I think we were all on this episode. We we're talking about his coaching. Uh something that came out from Daniel Cherney uh, about Andrew McDonald, the new coach. He's from Code Code Sport News. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. He said, the ice to Langer's fire. McDonald quickly became a confident for players. When the former test opener's stint drew to its grisly close, McDonald was a popular internal choice to take over. I just thought it was really interesting because when we spoke about Langer a few weeks back, we didn't really talk about Andrew McDonald. And, you know, he, he was sort of an unknown when he came through and especially even when he played, like, I mean, you look at McDonald's test highlights, there's not much to look at, but it's really interesting there to hear that, you know, he was a confidant for the players and, you know, he, he sort of settled things down during that period with Justin Ray. I just thought that was really interesting to um, touch on. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I do remember reading that and mm. um, well, you know, it's, it's paying off in some degree, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Like we've, uh, and you know, you it's funny you mentioned about um, McDonald with a very short Test career. Uh, I'll just I'll take it away. I'll take it away from cricket for a second. The Brisbane Lions coach Chris Fagan took his team to a grand final. Now Chris Fagan had has never played a game of VFL AFL in his career. He played exclusively for Tasmania his whole career, and he was still able to get a stint in a top position for a club. So often at times I think it's, you know, if you know what you're doing, you know, you've had enough time. Who's to say you can't have a go. It's, it's often the case in sport where the best coaches are terrible players. They're players that haven't been that good yet. Mainly you look at rugby league, rugby league, like Wayne Bennett wasn't a great player, but an amazing coach. Craig Bellamy wasn't much of a footy player, but an amazing coach. Trent Robinson, the same. Yeah, Ivan Cleary, like never played State of Origin. You know, like those sort of coaches. And then you look at their careers now, and the comps have won, and the premierships have won. I think in cricket you see it more where they are former players taking over the reins. Um, but in other sports, yeah, you're absolutely right, Chrissy. But yeah, just sort of I wanted to throw that in. No, well, that's it for me. You know, boys, it doesn't get much better than watching sport on a Sunday arvo. However, sometimes you need a snack. And now, with Gibson's Country Style Jerky, your snack needs are complete. 
with a wide variety of flavours including teriyaki, honey soy garlic, mild chilli and pepper steak. Gibson's has all your jerky needs covered. Get your jerky at gibsoncountrystylejerky.com or follow Gibson's Country Style Jerky on Facebook and Instagram. And now, if you use the code PODCAST, you'll get 10% off. Gibson's Country Style Jerky, for the snackaholic in you. Well, thank you, Reese, for the rundown. Absolutely great, as always. Let's move into our next part of the episode, and it is Luke's Legends. We're going to come with a former and a future legend. Now, mate, you weren't here last week, so I took over the reins, and uh, look, it was pretty good. So you got you got to bring this segment back to you, mate. Oh, well, you're going to have to – I will have to admit, I haven't listened to last week, so you're going to have to tell me who you said because we – I'm not going to do a former legend. I'm going to do a pre- present legend. I'm going to do a present legend, and I'm going to talk about the women's cricket. Beautiful. I think Elise Perry, she is just absolutely on fire. She's sort of quieting down this BBL season, Um, I would have to say. However – her performance in at international level throughout the year has just been um, spectacular. And I think she is the perfect advocate for women's cricket. So that is why I'm giving her the present legend Beautiful. of, of uh, cricket this week. If we had more players uh, that did what she does, then hands down, I think women's cricket could skyrocket and... Um, you know, just be absolutely something that everyone wants to watch sort of thing. Future legend, if he stays on his career path that he is, I, I don't think I'd be wrong in saying Travis Head. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's just, he, obviously, World Cup performance. He's going into the T20. Um, what he's done in the Big Bash, that's been really good in the last few years. Mate, you know what, though? It's the rate he scores for me. Like, he's so quick. Mm. Even in test match, he scores so quickly and he just changes the game. And that's what I love about him. I'll say a future legend on a much smaller scale, though. I'm going to talk about a Redback Junior, right? This kid goes by the name of Patrick, right? I won't tell us, I won't reveal his uh, yeah. real full name. Mr. Starfish, yes. This kid is uh, in under 11s and he is... Bowling is just absolutely ridiculous. Let me just bring up some of his stats. He's scoring 20-plus runs a game with the bat, and this is in a form of cricket where uh, he's got to – they retire after a certain amount of balls. And a few weeks ago, three for six off three overs. Um, The following week, he backed up with two for four off two overs. Last week, five for eight off three overs. He is just – Absolutely tearing up with the ball. Yeah, that's incredible. And he is taking wickets galore. That if, if this kid just keeps going like this and like this, like this, his name will pop up in in future time. So yeah, Pat, Patrick Starfish, keep doing what you're doing, buddy. Keep going. Yeah, we he, love it. If we're gonna, if you want, if you want to talk about someone that we all know, though, definitely got to go with. I think Adam Zampa. Like mm. he, I think he's the type of player he's. He peaked, he's gone down, he's coming back up with this World Cup. I see him taking on a coaching role. I see him being quite successful in a sort of coaching position. But it wouldn't surprise me if in, you know, the next five, ten years sort of thing, he was still around Cricket Australia or even the Big Bash. And Definitely anyway. a short-form player, though. Like, I don't think he could transfer that to Test. No, no, no. But it's exactly what he's doing, though, and just yeah. taking on any coaching role. Like, I, th- I, could, I think he could be a future legend. For sure. You, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> but yeah, 
uh, present legend, Elise Perry, future legend for on a small scale, Patrick Starfish, and on a big scale, Adam Zampa. Absolutely beautiful, mate. That's Luke's Legends for another week. All right, let's jump into the fifth drop before we finish up, boys. Obviously, our top five segment. If you haven't been listening, if you have, you would know that. Uh, this week, we're doing, with the Big Bash coming up, let's go through our top five Big Bash moments. Might be hard for you to remember. You don't have to give me five if you've got a couple. Reese, you got a few? Yeah, so I've got five with me tonight. Wow. Shock. I know. Big shock. We just... Can we just keep that, keep that yeah. on record for let's a little just, bit? Let's freeze this moment in time. <laughs> Future generations. I don't, I don't care about explaining about the bird anymore. So I've got, I, it's in no particular order, but I've got Brett Lee falling agonizingly short of a oh. fairy tale finish to his cricket career. Yes. You know, if people don't remember, it takes two in a row and uh, falls short on an attempted run out. It's just shocking moment. Just, you felt for him. You know, good old binger. Um. Another one I've got is uh, this. This this is this one always gets me. But Chris Lynn smacking Sean Tate out of the Gabba and acting like it wasn't a big deal. Just yep, wild thing. See ya. Mean sanity. Just, just just walks up. Yep, no worries. I do that all the time. One that ever everyone definitely will remember is the altercation between Shane Warne and Marlon Samuels uh, after the latter was involved in an incident with David Hussey holding on to him while he was trying to go for a run. And yeah, he had some colorful languages. I'm pretty sure everyone remembered. And the yes. uh, broadcaster did have to turn it down. So we didn't hear anything else, but you can imagine what um, the king would have said. Um, this, this is a recent one that I've got. Uh, Sydney Sixers going through to the finals in BBL 11 after they retired Jordan Silk Hurt on the last ball of the innings for a fully fit Jay Lenton, knowing they would likely need to run to get the required total. That sort of sort of dominated the headlines a little bit for a few yeah. days because I think that was around a time. Yeah, the spirit of cricket's the hot topic at all times, but you know, after everything that we've all been through as cricket fans, you know, we're, everyone's going to constantly be bringing that up. And the only other one I had was uh, my mate Josh Laylor taking a hat trick in a match against the Scorchers whilst playing for the Heat. Took a, a wicket in the final ball of his previous over. And then took two in a row in his next over. However, completely unaware that he'd completed a hat trick. Just had no <laughs> clue. The wow. commentators were the only ones who knew about it and proceeded to tell Alex Ross, who was on the mic at the time, who then sprinted over Josh to let him know. And he's like, that was a hat trick? Like, really? <laughs> and <laughs> it was the most under-celebrated hat-trick I've ever seen in cricket, but it just... Is that, uh, is that spoken about at uh, Christmas lunch every year, mate? <laughs> oh, I haven't seen him in a while, but yeah, I'll, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, make, yeah. A note, I'll make a note of it. Can I just say, very impressed, Reese. Very impressed. Luke, what do you got for us? Uh, I don't have five, but I've got some. Again, in no particular order, just like Reese, I'm going to go last year's uh, Fraser McGurk catch on the sideline. I'm sorry, on the Boundary, one hand yep. up, doing a 180, facing the crowd. I just thought that, you know, for a kid his age and his height, he's just absolutely gotten that body of his up in the air. And to take that one hand, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, throw it back to a few seasons ago where Head hit his century off the last ball of the innings to get the win for the Strikers. That wasn't in a final, but it was it was a phenomenal game mm. to, to knock a century over. Um, just another reason that Travis Head is you know, doing so well. I have to agree with Reese. Bing is 
almost fairy tale ending. Um, Mr. Enrique's couldn't catch the ball. I'd have to say across the years, like it's been the scorches and the sixes. Like it's just mm. phenomenal to see that the two teams are just dominating every single year. Like we've only had th- those are the top two teams with the n- most number of premierships. Yeah. And then my last one, which actually sucks to mention, but bloody the Adelaide Strikers last season rolling the Sydney Thunder for 15 freaking runs. Oh, I it was that. It was just oh. abysmal. I just watched this game and I was sitting there and I had a cold beer. We lost one wicket and I was like, oh, I'll go and, go and order a beer while the next one out. He was already out before I'd gotten back to my table and we were two down. And I was like, this is just shocking. And it just went. On and on and on, and sure yeah. enough, the game was over. Yeah. So, and Luke had uh, many more beers because he couldn't <laughs> handle it. Luke had a lot more beers that day, a lot more. They are some great ones. They are uh, another great five, Luke. Now, boys, there's a few you've forgotten, and let me enlighten you. Uh, one that I've got, James Vince getting stuck on 98. Couldn't get his century. What? I mean, it, it sort of made me angry, but it made me laugh as well because obviously not a big Sixers fan. I'm a Thunder fan myself. But just the, the agony the guy must have felt to be stuck on 98, could have got his century, and they bowled – did I believe they bowled a wide? A wide. A wide yes. to win the game. Oh, uh, Andrew, yeah. Andrew Ty, yeah. I think it was a Scorchers. Yeah. Yes. Andrew Ty bowled a wide to win the game. And poor James Vince. I mean – you know, I just felt so much for the guy. Uh, another one, boys, that forgot as well, the late, great Shane Warne calling his wicket. Bowled the ball, called what was going to happen on the commentary box, and it happened it, in real time. It was just incredible. I mean, the, we, we know what the power that Shane Warne possessed, and he just showed it there and the absolute class. Uh, another one, it was an off-field moment, but thought it was hilarious, and it was a bit awkward at the time. But Chris Gale, boys. Don't blush, baby, with Mel McLaughlin. Oh, don't uh, blush, baby. Don't, don't blush. blush, baby. Uh, on the sidelines, she went to interview him, and yeah, he said, "Don't blush, baby," and made the headlines for all the wrong reasons. But just thought that was a that was a big moment in the Big Bash because it sort of, I mean, I wouldn't say it wrecked his trajectory because we knew what Chris Gale could do, and and he batted with immense style. Uh, the next one was Brendan McCullum. I just thought that he really set the Big Bash alight. He just continued where he left off after he retired from international cricket, went and played Big Bash. It was just smacking sixes for fun. Uh, so he he's definitely touring nations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he uh, he called it. Another funny moment that didn't happen on well, it happened on the field, but it was uh, Andrew Flintoff when he was doing his Elvis impersonation. <laughs> yes. I don't know if you guys remember this, but yeah, doing his Elvis impersonation while fielding and had the uh, had the mic on it. Absolutely great impersonation. He nailed it. He went straight did back really... to English the second he had to yeah, chase yeah, yeah. after a ball. Yeah, <laughs> but did great. Freddie Flintoff, so good to see he can impersonate there. I'll leave it at four, boys, but they were some, uh, some great moments of the Big Bash so far. We're so excited for the season to start. Boys, let's jump into our last segment for the night, Silly Mid On, our viewer question segment now. Uh, surprisingly, Oliver sent no questions through, and we have nothing for this week. So, uh, look, the question I have to you guys is, can we get the win on Saturday? <laughs> I, was tra- I was trying to think of what international game was on Saturday. <laughs> no, there's, there's yeah, no match. for a bit. We're going to uh, India. Local, yeah. boys, local. Yeah, no, nah, we we're, we're definitely getting the win. Uh, I'm thinking... I'm- 
I've got I've got some surprises up my sleeve that I'm thinking about throwing out there. Uh, he's going to open me. <laughs> In bad. I said I said surprises, not dreams. <laughs> <laughs> I've Mate, got that, some aspirations. That's not a dream. That's not a dream with batting. I definitely don't want to open the batting. Uh, uh, no, yeah, I definitely got definitely got a couple couple of things I'm tossing and turning with. Got no Brad this week. He hasn't heard Joe, but I'm cutting him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reese, you think you're in? Yeah, I think I'm in um, this week. Rex, just wait till the episode drops and then you'll find out if you're in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it should be good, boys. But look, that stumps for another episode. So i just like to thank our sponsor tonight in Gibson Country Style Jerky for sponsoring this podcast. Uh, you are what makes it happen, and we thank you very much. Don't forget to check them out at gibsonscountrystylejerky.com. Some amazing jerky boys, teriyaki, pepper steak, honey soy garlic, Barbecue bourbon. There's some good flavors going there. Check yeah. them out. If you use the code podcast, you'll get 10% off as well. Uh, I'd like to thank my co-hosts tonight in Luke and Reese. Thank you, boys. It's always a pleasure. Uh, to you, the listener, thank you for tuning in. And don't forget, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts or check out our social media at Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or if you're on X and Threads as well, check it out there or LinkedIn for the professional. And I just like to plug our merch before we go, rugbyleaguemerch.com. Type in the Ruck Infringement Podcast where you can find all your usual stuff. Don't forget day drinking coming up, summer happening very soon. So you want to get your hands on some pint glasses, coasters, bottle openers, and steins ready to go for a bit of fun, a bit of day drinking in the summer. 10% That's... more proceeds go to the Family of League Foundation. That's rugbyleaguemerch.com. That's 6am beer for all the dads who are up with their kids yes. on Christmas Day. Yes, exactly. Uh, and that is it for another episode. So remember, take those wickets. Take those wickets.